0: count money man back riches, riches. Try told try and told him I'm a beast plug What's up gang welcome gang. to the grindcast, grindcast. Arias here. Here. here get ready it's get a ready. new day
1: Hey everyone welcome to a new episode of the grindcast Alyssa Weston here I'm here with Justin Adams we're we sitting doing? in Sitting in this week for Simon and Perm, Um, you know, as we're filming this, Simon recently had his third baby, baby Enzo. Yes. So congratulations to Simon and Natalie.
0: Congrats, congrats. Number three, now you're in my category. Uh, Three is a game changer, so good luck, but I know you don't need it, but three uh, is definitely a game changer. Congrats.
1: So for those of you who don't know me, I'm part of Arius's media team, so it's my first time on the Grindcast. Justin is wow. not new to the Grindcast, however. First time. I know. Rookie.
0: You know, I like it.
1: Rookie. A little nervous, hoping to do Simon Proud, but I think we're going to have fun and kill it. Oh, yeah. It.
0: Definitely. You're awesome. You're awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, what we're going to do is kind of talk to you, Justin, about, you know, your Arius journey, really, because yeah. I think something super interesting about you is that not only are you president of the company, someone top leadership, but you're one of the few people here who actually grew up with Simon.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I got to meet Simon when I was 12 years old. And I think God put us, you know, together, you know, uh, to to know each other. My last name is Adams. His is Arius. So we had to sit next to each other at every class. Oh, really? Um, I was in front. He was behind me. And he was a jokester, you know, at that time, and and you know he wasn't the person that he is now. Everybody loves. I mean, people loved him back then, also, but for different, you know, reasons. And uh, you know he was a jokester. He used to color in. I have a scar on the back of my uh, back of my head. He used to color that in uh, when he wasn't paying attention, you know, to uh, to class. And also one thing that people don't know is, you know, he, he used to copy off me. You know everything that that he did, and uh, now I copy off him. You know, which is the role is a reverse now because he's had so much success. I copy off him. So um, it's funny and, and it's awesome to see, you know, him grow, you know, um, in life uh, because I've known him since I was 12 years old. And now being a professional with him, um, it's 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 awesome to see, you know, um, what, what really can happen when you put your mind to it. And uh, you really want something very as bad as Simon does.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I know a huge part of our business is that business, business athlete mentality. Um, and you, I know that the two of you played football together, so talk yep. to me a little bit about that and, you know, kind of the traits from sports that you now see in the two of you reflected into business.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, sports is 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 a big thing. You know, I think sports, you know, got us together, you know, first off, because that's when I met him on the football field before we even, you know, were in school. And, um, you know, when you look at sports and that business athlete, you know, we've just really put that back into the business and uh, I think one of the biggest traits uh, and Simon was always, you know, a vocal leader. Uh, he was always that person that, you know, uh, said what he was going to do and then he backed it up. I was always that non vocal leader where I just did things, you know, and, and and wanted the team to see how hard I was working. So I was never really a vocal leader. I think that's why we really do well together because we know our place. Uh, He was the more rah-rah guy, but I was the guy that just got the job done. If the coach said, you know, do this, I was there. You know, I was somebody that the coach can always depend on. And, you know, as a leader and as a business athlete, you know, when your number's called upon, you have to perform. So I think that's one of the biggest things about business athletes that, you know, we, we like people that can perform at a high level, but also we like people that have discipline. You know, being an athlete, you have to have a ton of discipline because you're going to school, you know, which 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 a lot of times people are just going to school so they can play football. uh, But you have to have the discipline in order to have the grades in order to even play any sport. Um, So I think it teaches people a lot of discipline. And I think once you put that discipline into an arena like american income um something professional um you can really really do things that are that are great so i think discipline is huge um thing i think another thing sports also allows people to do is understand that you're not always gonna win you know you're gonna lose at some point in time even though you know our, our state championship team when we were when we were seniors we went 14 and 1. and i think if we wouldn't have got that loss in the middle of the season which everybody wanted to win we might not have won the state championship. Mm-hmm. So we learned you know, that you're not always gonna win. We learned the value of teamwork as well because you know it's a team sport. Football is, baseball is a team sport, basketball is a team sport. There's not too many sports out there that are just individualized sports. Even if you look at something like golf, I feel like you have a caddy. I feel like you have a coach just helping you out. Yeah, you might be doing it on your own when you're golfing, uh, but behind the scenes, there's a lot that goes into it. So I think you learn teamwork, camaraderie. Uh, but at the end of the day, discipline is a huge, huge, huge factor in our business. And then you can't forget about being competitive. You know, competitiveness is huge um, in our business. And you get that from sports because, you know, why play the game? Why do they even have score? You know, if they didn't have score, if it didn't matter who won, then they wouldn't keep score. And that's the reason why they keep score um, in sports, uh, because you got to be competitive and also a reason why we keep, you know um the scoreboard in in american income is because we want people to be competitive as well so i think that you know has really um helped us in the business then that's why we like a lot of athletes because they're able to juggle a lot of different things be disciplined be competitive but also have that team atmosphere as well
1: yeah definitely and something i've noticed with leaders um is a lot of them things are learned but there's also in most cases, a lot of talent and a lot of natural ability. So as someone who's known Simon for a while, what do you think are some of those traits that are, you know, from the start talent that you've seen since you were little, but also kind of being, um, you know, someone in the business with him for so long, what have you also seen him grow into as a businessman?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, talent's huge. You know, without talent, you you can't really do too much. Um, and I think some of the talent things that he really had is, you know, growing up, he he had a knack to bring people together. You know, he really had a knack to, you know, if he saw people that were other that were talented also, he can bring them together. Um, he also had a had a had some had a niche that he could if somebody wasn't doing well, he could talk to them and, and, and get them to understand their role in the in the economy, their role inside sports, their role inside this agency. And I think he really, really, really had that big. Um, He had the eye of the tiger as well. Um, A lot of people, you know, like to win, but he hated to lose. And he would go at all costs to win, as long as it was ethically, as long as it was morally. Uh, There was instances where he wasn't starting um, in football, and he knew that he should start. um, And he wasn't afraid to go up to the coach and just say, hey, give me a shot. You know, um, he wasn't afraid to do some of the dirty work like special teams in order to get a shot as well because he just wanted to actually be on the field. He actually wanted to contribute, and if he wasn't contributing, he would find a way to contribute. Either that's talking to the coach, either, either that's, you know, showing up first, you know, in the weight room, showing up first in practice. So I think he always had that, that talent piece where, where he knew that if he worked very hard, he always had a work ethic that was like no other. So he knew if he could work hard, he would get rewards at the end of the day. Something that I've been able to see him grow into in American income um, is his faith. Um, he hasn't always had the, the faith that he has now. Shout out to Jim serace Shout out to Marcus Smith. Uh, these were people that he met early on in his career, and I thank those guys so much because it, they, they were able to grow his faith. I was always a person that had you know, good faith from losing my mother, i um, at a very young age and I was 12 years old. So I always had that faith component. But Simon didn't always have that. And a lot of people see him now and they see that component of him. And they're like, wow, it's a complete night and day. You know, because he he was off sometimes doing the wrong things. Uh, But I always look at people, if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, always think about the influence that you you make. Mm -hmm. You know, and if we can just turn that influence, rather, if it is negative, we can just turn it positive. I know good things are going to happen. So I've seen him grow uh, within that faith, you know, component very much. You know, now he helps out people, you know, that are in their walk with God. I would have never thought that uh, growing up. But I saw that grow a lot, you know, in, in this business. Um, another thing that I saw, you know, grow a lot in this business is when he had a child. Mm-hmm. You know, his first child, Sienna, uh, Capri, I saw him now be just, 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 just calm down a little bit. He was always the rah, rah, rah guy. You can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, but I saw him being able to, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but I saw like, like a different side in him. You know, now a more loving side. Uh, he was able to, you know, um, relate to a lot more people that had children uh, by being a dad. He was able to see what that other person's going through, rather if they had a child or maybe if they were just going through something. Because I feel like it, it calmed him down a little bit and made him at ease. Just because of having a daughter is is a totally different. You know, mind mind schedule. You know, I've got three of them, so so I've, I've I've had you know three times. You know, to to be able to do this, and I know we just had a boy, but having that daughter and just and just her loving on you, you know, her, you know, you being her guardian, I think that not softened him up a little bit, but made him calm down as a, as a as a, as a human being and understand. You know, I think what life is all about. And I love that version of him. And I think it's able to help a lot more people, but the faith component was, was for sure, you know, something that I've been able to see him grow within American income. Shout out again to, to Marcus and Jim,
1: you know, I want to kind of shift gears to your areas agency's journey, because, you know, I know that it wasn't your initial out of college experience. Tell me about, you know, your career here and how you've kind of grown into the position you have now.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I never wanted to come to American Income. My dad never wanted me to come to American Income. People just see me now, and they're like, you wanted to come here? Simon was here. He hooked you up. No, I, did. I had no intention at all of coming to American Income. I was the person that when Simon got the job, you know, people were calling me up because we had an influence at Merciers, and they said he's going to make 100000 are, is he really going to do this? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm making 30000 as a stockbroker, Series 7, 66, 31, all these licenses and these designations, and I'm making 30000 You know, the, the next year, I made about 75000 In my third year, I made one fifty. But I was always going to just manage Simon's money. You know, I wanted to be a hedge fund guy where they made a lot of money, um, being able to, and it's not really all about the money, but when you're young, understand 22 years old right out of school no kids no family that's really all that you think about you know you want to make a name for yourself and i said i'm just going to invest your money which i started doing and uh invest other people's money with you and uh, i'm never going to come though and i made a i made a um a statement to him um, as we were driving up to Chicago to see one of our other roommates, who I think we're going to have on the podcast here soon, Jason Staley. Shout out to Jason. Um, his brother just got the head coaching job for the for the LA Rams. Shout out shout out to Brandon Staley. Great job, man. Phenomenal job. And uh, we were going to visit him, and Jeff Deal was in the car, and I said, you know what? I know your script because when I used to go visit Simon, I, I would go out in the field with him. You know, we, we didn't go hang out at the bars and stuff like that. Like he was working on Saturdays. I was coming. I had to go out on appointments with him. So I said, I know your script. I got a photographic memory. I'll know it by the time we get to Chicago. And I knew it. And I told him, I said, if Simon, if you ever start your own agency, I said, I'll come. I said, that will be the only way that I'll come. And I thought he would never do this. So he called me up and said, I'm I'm starting up my own agency. You told me that you would come. Uh, You can't be, you know, a, uh, you can't be a hypocrite. I'm like, Oh, I did tell you that. So we started in March and I came in November of 2008 and the rest was history. I was a um, I strived to be a top producer when I first came um, and I was able to do that. I was number two in the entire company um, in December, which is a month that is hard. I made convention that year. Within six months, uh, I was an MGA. Um, I moved to State College and then I moved to Erie. And this was two moves within like two months. But all I wanted to do was be successful. Uh, from there Erie was doing phenomenal I was working very hard um, again made $150,000 that year and then, uh, then I moved back to Pittsburgh Simon wanted me a little bit closer to him uh, so I moved back to Pittsburgh but when I got there I had to go to West Virginia and if you know I had never been to West Virginia in my life but I, I, I trust Simon you know I've known him since I was 12 and he said when opportunity knocks you gotta go and pack your bags uh, West Virginia doesn't have any black people there at mm. all, you know? What I mean, I'm gonna call a spade a uh-huh, spade. Right. No black people at all in West Virginia, and I didn't. I didn't move there. I lived there in a hotel. So some people think they have it hard. I lived in a Red Roof Inn, not a not a Hampton, not a not a not a uh, Hilton Express. A Red Roof Inn from Monday. I would get up and I would. And I still had a place in in Pittsburgh. Monday I would get up, drive two hours to Clarksburg, West Virginia. And stay in a red roof room for Monday. Then I would come back on Friday. And I had a girlfriend at that time. You know, and I did this for six months. Oh, wow. And then after six months, we closed the office. So talk about, you know, like adversity. You know, striking. Right. I lost all my agents, everything. There was no virtual, no nothing. Lost everybody. And I did that for six months. But I learned so much in that process, you know, that because my dad, when I was young, he used to drive from Youngstown to Warren every day. You know, 30 minutes. So I said, why wouldn't I drive another hour and a half, and I'm probably going to double or triple his income. Nothing against him, uh, but, again, I was just thinking about that. And then, you know, from there, that year, uh, when I got back, that's when the company gave us Maryland. And when they gave us Maryland, we were able to send out a, a, a team that was that, that was like the dream team, you know, at that time, you know, Aaron Haynes, Cam Cimino, uh Dan Nebraska. And, and with those guys' help, that year, we were we were the number five. We should have been the number one, but I had to promote somebody. Uh, but we were the number five, you know, MJ team in the world. There wasn't categories. There was just straight production. And uh, that started our journey, you know, on to, you know, uh, making a name in American income. Uh, the next year, my daughter was born, Camia uh, Adams. And we went through a couple ups. We went through a couple downs. But I feel like we went through those due to some of the things that I was doing. But also, I feel like, you know, I needed to show people that it's not always going to be ups. You know, it's always going to be some downs. And if you never have the downs, you can't coach people on the downs. You can't. Like, if you've never lost a loved one, it's hard for you to coach somebody on losing a loved one. Uh, So so I, I, I cherish those downs. I didn't like them when they were there. But now I look back and I'm like, I'm glad I went through that. I'm glad the office did close down. I'm glad I lost some of my top players, and uh, then we were on the way up. Um, last year was our was our best year um, at at American Income. Um, shout out to all my MGAs and and uh, my GAs, my RGAs. Phenomenal year. We opened up more offices, and and I think what happened is I started to put more people first. You know, uh, God brought Greg Rudolph into my life. You know, Steve Dale into my life. You know, some of these people that were able just to take the, 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 the bull by the horn and run with it. And, and I didn't have to micromanage them. So, so I put a lot of emphasis on them, Jason Bratton, Chuck Ferraris, all these guys. And, uh, you know, putting people first, you know, really got us back to where we're at. And now I think it's going to get us now to that next level because we're trying to double up as an organization. And, you know, if, if you don't have a love for people, then you should not get into leadership at all. You know, a lot of people get in it for the money at first, you know, but but now it's 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 more about loving people. So when people call you, do you get excited or do you're like ah another person I got to deal with? No, Uh, you got to have a love for people and people need you in this world. Um, So I think, you know, at American Income, it showed me the last few years that, you know, when you put people first, um, anything can happen. Anything.
1: I mean, as you were talking, it's just crazy to me. You know, a lot of people don't come to this opportunity from a six figure job, right. you know, um, w- what was it like to take a leap of faith? And then, you know, I didn't realize the whole West Virginia story yeah. and everything else that kind of oh, came yeah. after, um, you know, what advice would you have for people taking a leap of faith? Cause although some people aren't coming from a six figure job, they might be moving across the country or, you know, whatever their situation might be.
0: Um, I'll tell you what's scary. You know, my, uh, my dad told me I was crazy. Um, I didn't talk to him for a long time. My family members didn't tell told me I was crazy as well. And uh, what I would tell you is that you got to have confidence in yourself. You know, if you have confidence in yourself, everything is going to end up. And if you know that you're a hard worker and you know that you can put in the time and the effort that it takes and understand if it's going to come quick, don't do it at all. But as long as you're disciplined and you know what you want. And when the other thing I'll tell people is you have to start with the end in mind. You know, the biggest thing that I thought about when I switched is when I was a stockbroker, I saw people around that were that were in their 60s and they were still working. Hmm. And I thought to myself, I really don't want to be 60 and still working. My dad retired when he was 55 and he retired when he was 55 because he was getting looked over by promotions because a lot of times in corporate America, when you turn 55, even 45, you know, they're not going to want to give you the promotion that you deserve because they want to give it to the young person. That's probably a little bit more hungry. They don't have a lot of I wouldn't say baggage, but they don't have kids, you know, family, but they want that hungry entrepreneur. So he was getting looked over by and he was more qualified than them not. So, you know, that's what was in my mind. I said, I didn't want to work to 55 or 60. And they kept talking about these renewals. You know, the renewals, the renewals, the renewals. And if you do 10 years, you can retire and still keep your residual income. So in my mind, you know, when I switched, I said, guess what? Uh, I'm going to give this thing probably two years to see if it can work. Uh, But I'm not going to limit myself. But I want to see what these renewals are all about. You know, and I started with the end in mind. And then once I've been here for a year, that that two year thing went away. You know, now it was just a race to get to ten years, and now I hit my ten years. Now it's a race to get to twenty years and see who I can see who I can help. Uh, but it was a big risk to to to, to go away from a six figure career. But I would rather bet on myself than 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 bet on a company. And I always knew what I could bring to the table as long as I worked hard and I was disciplined. Um, so I would say, if you're looking to 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 that you want more for yourself. Um, I looked at my future family because I was young at that time. I was only 25 when I started. I'm an old man now, 37, about to be 38 uh, next month. But, uh, you know, I I just looked at I don't have that much time to, to figure this out because once kids come into the equation, kids aren't bad, but they change up everything. You know, they change up the amount of sleep that you're going to get. Uh, they change up maybe the amount of time that you can grind for because you want to spend some time with them or whatnot. So, you know, in my mind, I was thinking I, I probably got about a five year time frame before my first child comes. And it was five years, you know, uh, before cameo came. And uh, I wanted to find something that I could grow in, but also somewhere that that respected me. And the harder that I worked, the more income that I made in corporate America. It's not like that. You know, you can work very hard, but you're still going to get the same amount of money, you know, and I always wanted to be in business for myself, but not by myself. So those are things I looked at um, and I wasn't afraid to make that jump, but it was scary at first. Uh, but I knew if I put my time and my effort into it, and I was working 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours um, a week. I knew good things would happen.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that I have the chance to talk to you because as you know, my role here is to interview people, um, talk to them about their milestones within the agency, but something really interesting lately is I got to talk to your wife, Tyler. Oh, nice. Yeah. So which I don't get a chance to talk to spouses as much. So, um, and we chatted and something I didn't realize was the two of you met through here. Yes. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, relationship in the business. Although she's not here now, I, mm-hmm. I know she understands right. the grind and everything. Yeah. So, you know, give give us some advice for um married couples and keeping that communication open and everything.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I'm not the best at it, you know, but I'm working at it all the time. Um, you know, it it, it clicked for us just because I mean you're around the people that you work with, you know, all the time. Especially back in the day. You're around you're around them hundred percent. And you know, I feel like when you when you if you pick somebody that you work with, I feel like it's got to be a long term solution because, you know, if if it's not long term, it, it can mess up that business relationship big time. And, you know, I think why we work a lot is because I try to stay even keel. You know, I try to you know, we do a lot of mentoring stuff. I, I listen to a lot of uh, Jimmy Evans, which is a pastor. Um you know, I listen to a lot of, you know, marriage stuff because I want to make sure our marriage is right. But I think the biggest marriage advice that I can give people is, you know, you got to take some time and and you got to go on a date night. You know, date nights are, are very big. I think this Thursday, um, you know, we're going to we're going to go from like four to, to seven and we're going to go to Morton's, you know, steakhouse. Uh, not going to have any phone phones around. We're just going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in, in, in our kids' lives, talk what's going on in our relationship, what do we need to work on, what do we don't. And uh, a lot of times, you know, us as men, here's what happens, and this and this is not me. This is just all the stuff I've, I've, I've learned, you know, by being married. Um, I believe this is going on my fifth year of marriage, is uh, us as men, you know, we want to be fixers. You know, we want to fix everything. Uh, if, if women have a problem, we want to fix it. But what I found out is that, you know, we don't need to always be fixers. Sometimes we just need to be listeners. You know, it's something that they don't want you to fix. They just want you to listen.
1: True. Very and, true.
0: and a lot of times, <laughs> you know, especially if you're, if you're with them all day at work and now you're trying to fix everything at work and then you try to fix everything at home, it doesn't work out because now you bring that home. So my advice to, you know, a lot of men would be just listen. And at the end of you listening, You know, just ask, you know, the the young lady or or your wife, you know, just ask, is this something that you want me to fix or is this just something that you wanted me to listen to Um, and watch what happens, you know, watch what happens. And the other thing that Jimmy Evans always says is help them out with something that they can't do by themselves. You know, he always says sometimes you might have to uh, 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 clean up, you know, uh the house. You know, you might be one 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 day from clean up the house away from having a happy marriage he always says because women like the homes clean. So try to help her out, you know, around the house uh by cleaning up and then understand try not to go to sleep upset or mad um ever and uh keep the Lord, you know, if you're if you're a believer, keep the Lord at the beginning of your life um you know in the beginning of your marriage and your relationship um, and good things, good things are going to happen. But that date night is is huge because it's just you and them, and, and all they want is your time. All they want is you to listen to them, and uh, you know if you are working with them, you know understand that sometimes you got to turn it off a little bit, um, and, and and understand that you know this is your significant other, and if and if rough times come, a great book to read I feel is the five it's a love languages, uh, the five love languages. You know, um, I I forget who the author is. But uh, it's it's an awesome book because, you know, there's five love languages and sometimes you just got to know what their love language is Um, so you can speak that into them. Like if they like gifts, you know, then you might have to get them a gift every once in a while. You know, if it's personal touch, you might have to rub their back a little bit sometimes, you know, uh, if it's quality time then you got to spend some quality time. I know my wife's is quality time. So I try to make sure we have quality time. If that's us getting our feet done, you know, petty manicure, whatever that stuff is called. We do that Uh, movies, you know, uh, massages, but, but, but I try to always do some quality time.
1: You know, this is going to be such a big growth year for our company. I know you personally. Um, One thing I saw that I was excited for was inspiring minds, growing I know you're on the Youngstown board Pittsburgh is starting up I know Simon will probably talk on that more but you know I know you recently kind of got together with other board members what can you tell us a little bit about inspiring minds Pittsburgh to kind of get us excited for what's coming
0: oh yes I mean we've been waiting on this for a long time uh you know inspiring minds Pittsburgh I'm on the board as well there and uh we we have a all-star lineup that that that, are, that is just ready To help children in this area. Um, You know, it's going to be an extension of the one in Warren uh, um, that Derek Toll started up. That uh, we had in Youngstown. We're not on that Youngstown board anymore. Youngstown and Warren merged together. But Derek also has one in Philadelphia. And uh, we're going to start here in Pittsburgh pretty soon. Uh, We have a cigar vent coming up, hopefully, uh, so people can join that. Uh, We got Ryan Shazier going to be there. We got Jim Trussell going to be there and a couple other people. And uh, we're going to start off at uh, Stow Rocks High School. Um, and, and because of COVID, we're going to start with with about 10 children um, and just trying to help them out. Uh, we have the help and the support of Sam Weaver, uh, who's a longtime friend of Simon. Simon has been helping out, you know, Sam as well. He's the principal at Still Rocks High School. And uh, they've provided us. We just came from a school board meeting um, and they were Ecstatic. They want us in the school board because they have no after-school kids program right now. Oh, wow. At about 3 or 4 o'clock, the school is shut down, and they have nothing. So, you know, they've allowed us to be able to be in the school, which is which is phenomenal. That The, the two biggest things that usually uh, we have trouble with is location, where we're going to have it at, and then food. So to have a location and we have the whole school at our disposal um, is going to be very, very, very big. And our mission is just to help children. You know, a lot of children don't have role models. We want to help them with their homework, uh, expose them to businesses uh, like like Josh Ottomik. He's a real estate de- developer. Emory Bassman. I think he was on the podcast from Armina Stone. Ryan Shazier, you know, is on our board. Ex-Pittsburgh uh, Steeler. And uh, we just want to be able to show people, you know, and show these kids like like what is what is possible? Because growing up, we didn't know about businesses. We didn't know about being a professional athlete. We didn't know any of this stuff, so we're we're very excited to you know have our first you know ten children um, from the Stowe Rocks High School, and uh, we have a female. You know they were very excited. With Tika Hemingway um, is on the board as well because they said the females you know are they're they they it's it's a lot of challenges from the females. A lot right. of these kids have you know one parent. You know so when they get home they might not have food. They might not have supervision. They might not even have. Uh, you know just 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 a, just a house that they can be in with good role models so we're, we're, we're really excited about this hopefully people can jump on the bandwagon um, help us out with fundraising uh, because you know we're looking for grants we're looking for a lot of different things we got some things in motion uh, but but we're excited about you know inspire Minds Pittsburgh we think it's going to be a big hit we're starting small and I know for a fact it's going to you know start to jump here pretty soon.
1: So to close us out, Justin, can you give us a little motivation to end the day with?
0: Wow. Wow. I mean, uh, motivation, you know, I feel like is, is, is overrated because, you know, motivation really doesn't last. Uh, you can watch this podcast and then, you know, go away. You know, then the next day comes and a lot of things are going to get hit or going to are going to hit you. Um, I always say you want to believe in three things. CPR. You know, I feel like CPR, the C stands for consistency. You know, you got to be consistent with your thoughts, with your words, with your actions, with everything that you're doing. You got to stay consistent. So many people start and then they stop. Almost like the gym thing. We're in January, right? People start, but then they stop. The P stands for patience. You got to be patient. People, we live in a society where you want things right now. You know, so a lot of people aren't patient in their thoughts and they're not patient. They want things right now. Stay patient. Your time will come. And then the R stands for resiliency. You know, when you get knocked down, can you come back? If you tear your ACL, can you come back from that injury? If you get 10 no's, can you keep going? you got to be able to stay resistant because the only thing that happens is you're getting better. You know what I mean? It might not just be your time yet, but you got to be able to breathe success into your life. And I think you do that by CPR, staying consistent, being patient, and then being resilient. And that's what I would give everybody.
1: Thank you so much for being here and you know pouring me. into us today. Thank you everyone for watching and have a great day.
0: Count money, man. Money, Stack riches. riches. Try, try, and told, try and told him I'm a beast,